0: I felt very creative, but I didn't know how to express myself. And so a camera is just a tool to express your imagination in the same way that a piano is, a violin, a guitar. That just was the tool that I felt the most connected to in an array of tools that you can find to express your imagination. Even a baseball bat, a hockey stick, a football, a basketball, piano. The camera for me, when I first looked through it, I thought, wow, this is magic.
1: Welcome to another episode of Screw It Just Do It with me, Alex, and my very special guest this week, David Drebin. David is a world-renowned photographer, artist, and author. His career first took off back in the 2000s when Elton John purchased half his pieces during his first ever show. Then he began photographing celebrities like Bradley Cooper, Steve Jobs, Emily Blunt, 50 Cent, John Legend, Manny Pacquiao. He's produced stunning art that's been exhibited in europe north america across the us and also asia david welcome to the show thank you for having me on the show yeah absolute pleasure i want to take you right back to the beginning and then tell your story to our audience and i'd love to know your emotions when you were exhibiting your first show can you remember what they were like before during and then after did you sell out? I yeah, man. I read that you sold a bunch of pieces to Elton John. What kind of emotions were you feeling then? How did it make you feel?
0: That's a great question. I think that when you know you're supposed to be somewhere, then you're supposed to be somewhere. So for me, having my first group exhibition at a gallery in LA in the early 2000s, I wasn't nervous at all because I knew that was exactly where I was supposed to be. And I never thought about sales. I always thought about branding and having my work on the walls of the best galleries all over the world. Money was never my drive. It was about showing my imagination to the world because I felt growing up, I wasn't really heard. And photography gave me a way to express myself and be heard through visuals, Mm. seen through visuals
1: yeah i love that answer because you felt like you were meant to be there that you were kind of working towards that moment and you were there you felt comfortable you felt confident you weren't anxious or stressed or anything anything like that no no
0: i get more stressed out if i go to starbucks and i ask them to put cream on the side and they put cream inside the cup i'm like excuse me i don't want to be difficult but i wanted the cream on the side and not inside because you put too much cream more than i want so i'll do it myself that will stress me out a lot more than having an exhibition or even doing public speaking. and I don't care if it's in front of one person or a million people. If you know what you want to say and you know where you're supposed to be, then you Mm -hmm. know what you want to say and you know where you're supposed to be.
1: And do you you think, again, like not being fixated on on the sales and and the money side of things, do you believe that that if if you do what you do and you do it to the best of your ability and you're expressing yourself creatively that ultimately things will take care of themselves. I probably shouldn't
0: say this, but I will. I love money and I love girls, but I don't chase money and I don't chase girls. That's the quote for the episode, by the way, everybody, if you're listening. it's true though, I think it's important to build yourself and everything else will come. So for me, I have a, a lot of passion for what I do, but I also have a sense of detachment also. And I think it's important to have that duality of passion and detachment, if you mm. can pull that off. It's very hard to pull off passion and detachment, but I feel like I've been trained to do that based on how many years I've had to basically build daviddrabbin.com with an incredible belief in myself. Mm,
1: and that comes across straight away, I only know even though we've only been talking for a few minutes. And interested to know as well, then when you said like in your childhood, again, one of the reasons I love podcasting and love helping people create podcast in what I do is that it gives people a voice again express themselves in a different way but tell us a little bit more about your childhood then
0: what made you I just never forget being in school and falling asleep literally in every single class I ever was in from grade school to junior high school to high school to university. I just was never interested in any of the subjects. So I always fell asleep. And and when I found photography after I went to acting school, which I was very bad at, those were the only class I never fell asleep in because I just wasn't interested in the subject matter. And I think if you're not interested, then you're not interested. Mm, so yeah. I felt very creative, but I didn't know how to express myself. And so a camera is just a tool to express your imagination in the same way that a piano is, a violin, a guitar. That just was the tool that I felt the most connected to in an array of tools that you can find to express your imagination. Mm. What even a baseball bat, a hockey stick, a football, a basketball, piano, the camera for me, when I first looked through it, I thought, wow, this is magic.
1: And the route that you took to get to where you are then, I can see like from your background, you went to college. Did you have to put some work in at those other subjects to get you there or did you go like all in on photography?
0: I went to the University of British Columbia in Canada, Canada, Vancouver, Canada. I'm Canadian. So I went to the University of British Columbia for four years. I fell asleep in every class, every class. And I had a roommate at the time who wanted to be a photographer. And I thought, what are you going to be some creative guy? You're so artsy. And then one day he came home and he showed me these photographs of his coworkers. And I remember their eyes and their souls jumped off the page. And at that moment, I said to myself, this is what I want to do. I want to be a photographer. And I started out with photography and that branched out into neons and sculptures and diamond dust prints. And I went to Parsons School Design in New York City because that was where there was going to be what I thought at the time was the best photography program and the best branding. I had a vision before I realized I had a vision, that makes sense. Mm, yeah. And I moved to New York and I went to Parsons and I'll never forget the first day I thought, all right, I'm not going to fall asleep in any of these classes because I'm interested in the subject matter. Yeah. And I was and, on a mission. And were you so. brought up in British Columbia then? No, I was raised in Toronto. Yes. Ha, huh, me I, too. I to, really? <laughs> Yeah, place called Oakville. you you probably heard of it, Oakville. Yeah, That's... I went to three different high schools because I fell asleep in every class in all the high schools I went to. And I went to St. Andrews College and we used to play Appleby College in sports in Oakville.
1: Hilarious, oh my god, mm. amazing. And look, tell me the, the structure then, when you gone through college and you were doing that first show then, how does the process work? Did you get to meet, for example, the people who were buying? the artwork at that time or how did that work because that kind of plays into how I'm thinking how your emotions were and how you felt after that event did you literally feel like you could conquer the world
0: my emotions only frustrated me when I met people who didn't believe in me mm. and then I realized it wasn't about people who didn't believe in me it was about people who I didn't believe in mm. and I think then when you reverse it instead of looking for people for them to believe in you I think it's important to find people that you believe in And that was a real shift for me because I had a lot of rejection when I first started. Even the gallery that gave me my first group exhibition, they wouldn't take me on either. I literally begged them to give me a show and they actually gave me a group show and I think I sold 17 images in my show and Elton John bought a lot of images in my show. And that gave me a lot of confidence that I already had inside of me already. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you something, I no longer work with the gallery that started me because I branched out into more art forms than photography. And mm. I felt like they held me back. Right. So I do not even right. work with the first gallery that gave me a chance. And they're known yeah. as one of the most prestigious photography galleries in the world. But when really? I started making neons and diamond dust prints and sculptures, I outgrew them. And what's interesting is a gallery that I was once so impressed with, I'm just not impressed with anymore at all. And I was kind of nervous the first time I went in there. And now Mm. I think so, I just don't think much of them. I wouldn't even name the gallery on the podcast, but that serves as incredible motivation for me also. The same gallery that gave me a chance stop believing in me. Yeah. Which is incredible because they sold so much work because I grew them because I started doing different art forms other than just photography. I still respect yeah. them, mm. but they should have been on the bus of doing other art forms and be supportive. And it's really hard to find people who support you, so you have to support yourself. Yeah. We're all alone out there.
1: And interesting. So and you mentioned brand before that. Did you have a clear idea of personal brands and how you wanted to stand out in the world to differentiate yourself and obviously
0: exploring other art forms is going to create more of that, you know, USP as well. I used to work commercially and I used to do ad campaigns for top brands all over the world. And I realized when I was doing these campaigns, instead of me working for brands, I'd rather be the brand. So. I basically am a failed commercial photographer who parlay that into being a successful business artist. Mm. I love the business of art and I love the art of business. I love that. I love that. Oh, how has
1: time differed when you were starting out? Were you looking to build relationships with gallery owners? Because that was the way to get your art to the world, to get in front of more people, That the marketing of it, whereas now we've got social media. But back then, was
0: it all about relationship building? I started when there were no cell phones. So for me, looking back, I realized it's all about relationships. That's the most important thing to me. A lot of people ask me, where are my favorite places to travel in the world? And I realized after traveling around the world that it wasn't about the places, it was always about the faces Mm -hmm. in the places. So life is all about building great relationships and having spiritually uplifting relationships as opposed to spiritually depleting relationships. That's the most important thing to me is is relationships. Relationships, number one. And behavior within those relationships. Great. And what do you think people can learn from what
1: you've done? How do people maintain those relationships? Because as you get older, you obviously accrue more relationships and it's more difficult to stay in touch. Although we now have clearly more tools to stay in touch
0: than we ever did before. Relationships are like plants. If you stop watering them, they die, the end. It's so simple, mm. it's it.
1: Yeah. yeah, it is, it, it, until you hear it, you don't realize
0: how simple it is. I'm glad you, you said that. Sometimes I'll stop texting people and I'll give myself a year and I'll write down who texted me in a year if I didn't text them first. But I'm not waiting for anybody to call me. And I think that's the most important thing is to never wait for your phone to ring and to reach out to other people and provide value to them. Be an interested person instead of trying to be an interesting person. Mm. I am far more interested than I think I'm interesting. I know myself very well. I'm more interested in your trip to portugal and why that was what it was far more than talking (laughs) about myself and any kind of success because i don't really see myself as a successful person i see myself as extremely driven very passionate for getting my ideas out there into the world Mm. so i don't believe in networking i believe in building my own personal brand and providing value to other people all over the world mm. and it seems to be you. You have a lot of self awareness, though, as well. Sometimes too much. Sometimes I wish I wasn't so self aware. It's almost like I, instead of seeing the TV and the show, I see the pixels in the TV screen <laughs> more than the show that's actually on the TV.
1: Yeah, interesting. And tell me, so some twenty-one years doing what you do. Yet you say when you started, that you don't feel thirty like you're years. A... Thirty years. Thirty years. Okay. I've been
0: doing this. I've been doing this since nineteen ninety-one.
1: Okay. Yeah, thirty years. You're right. But you said at the start. A lot of rejection.
0: I think the biggest battle is actually with yourself. Agreed. Accepting yourself, rejecting yourself. The people along the way are just the people along the way. But ultimately, you're always with yourself. So it comes down to self-acceptance or rejecting yourself. Eventually, the universe introduces you to the people that you need to meet at the time that you need to meet them. Yeah, 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 Are you enjoying our chat right now? I'm really, I like the questions. I hope you like my answers too.
1: I love it. You're literally, a, you're walking quotes of wisdom. It's unbelievable. Like some, you know, you speak to some people and it is literally like trying to draw the proverbial blood out of a stone and even end in the interview earlier because you're just not getting anything back, but we could be three, we're 3,000 miles away. Yeah, I can feel your energy coming through really easily. It's really interesting. So yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so yeah tell me then so if you don't feel like like a success now what go- do you do you constantly reset yourself goals
0: no you don't for me i would say that 99 of my success and my happiness depends on sleep exercise and hydration you give yeah. me eight hours sleep an hour of moving moving the body and three liters of water, I feel great. Mm. But if you give me a million dollars and two hours sleep and four margaritas the night before and no water and no exercise, I feel terrible. So I'm very much driven by health and how... I feel. And it starts with how you feel. That's what success is to me. And that's what happiness is for me. It's all dependent on sleep, exercise, and hydration, not money, not success. Sometimes the more money you have, the more money you want. I just was never driven by money. Money is just a byproduct of winning for me. I like to win and money comes with winning, but I also don't mind losing. I don't really feel like I lose. I feel like I learn. I never lose. I just learn
1: yeah no i- i agree and it's funny up until I think the time of the pandemic twenty nineteen twenty twenty et cetera I don't think I've placed enough emphasis on that. But now I've implemented other things in my life that I've just found by having that time to kind of take back and go, Okay, so if I'm always becoming ill because I'm working too hard, exercise is the first thing to go, then my sleep is equally curtailed. Who the hell can I help if I can't even help myself? If I can't even look after myself. So now it's like, you know, making the time to do the things again, as you say, that make me happy and things that I can do
0: that make other people happy as well. Someone once said to me, imagine everyone you're speaking to has a necklace with a sign and the sign says, "Please help me feel better about myself than I do right now." And that's kind of how I live my life. I just want to make other people feel great through my art, through my actions, through my conversation. I just want to make people feel great. That's my goal in life is to actually make other people feel great, and it really does kind of start with the art yeah. and how people feel when they look at the work and how it makes them feel. Art is often a mirror a reflection into yourself.
1: Mm. I was going to ask you that then. So what's your goal? So that's really interesting. Okay. That's really interesting. And because clearly your art's being exhibited all over the world in different galleries at all different times as well. So you would never get, you know, that insight into everybody's reaction at the time that they look at that and they go, I want to have that. I can literally see that going here. So what gives you the biggest buzz when it comes to exhibiting your art is it getting feedback from someone is it being in a gallery in a
0: live moment no i think that when you're looking for feedback from other people you're relying on external gratification which is extremely dangerous i think that all gratification has to come internally and not externally if you're looking for applause and you get booze then you're going to be in big trouble if you don't have a serious sense of your own self-worth and you're looking for other people to give it to you. Yeah, yeah. I don't listen to the cheers. I don't listen to the booze. I am my biggest critic and cheerleader and critic. No one can criticize me more than me. Yeah, No one can criticize me more than me and no one cares about the inner than me. Mm. And same with you with yourself. When you look for external validation, it's like quicksand. You never know what the truth is, but you know the truth when it comes to yourself. You do. I guess is not
1: celebrating the successes so wildly and not beating yourself up so much when you foresee it as something as being, you know, not as good as you thought it was going to go out. And interesting, then talking about like external validation, then tell me about your relationship with social media, because doing what you do, you've clearly now got far more tools to reach far more people than you've ever had before. As you said, when you started, there were no cell phones, the internet was there, there wasn't social media. What's your relationship like? Because it looks like you have a bit of fun with your Instagram, that's for sure. For me, it's all
0: fun. I think it's important to post a lot, but reveal very little about yourself. Mm. So my motivation with all the platforms is to promote art and have fun through promoting the art that I create. I think it's important to have fun. And I gravitate towards accounts on social media platforms that are fun. I love fun. And I also like being educated and I like being entertained. So for me, social media is all about if I'm not being educated and I'm not being entertained, then I'm not really interested in what anyone else ever has to say. And I feel that way with what I do. I want to entertain and I want to educate. I don't want to see people's egos on social media. I want to see inspiration, not egos and hot girls in bikinis and guys flexing their cars. Like I just don't care about that shit. I care more about some sort of inspiration or education or a laugh. I will do anything for a laugh. I love having a laugh. Laughing is the greatest feeling in the world. It is. and And I'm funny too. I feel like my greatest skill is actually not being an artist, but being funny. And secretly, I kind of wish I was a comedian or a magician. I'm serious. (laughs) Like, I love, I really feel like sometimes I wish I was a magician or a comedian. And I guess I'll just settle with, I guess, being an artist. Hey. Even though I don't see myself as an artist. I don't see myself (laughs) as an artist, but it is what it is.
1: Yeah. And interested to know, again, what are your thoughts on embracing some of the digital technology out there when it comes to the industry that you work in like when it comes to NFTs? I just interviewed a guy on that. I wanted to understand a little bit more. And I find if I want to understand about something, let's get somebody on the
0: podcast and let's talk about it. You know, For me, I've done NFTs. I've been successful doing NFTs. I still don't quite understand NFTs. I think that if you're dealing with Bitcoin and Ethereum, they have been destroyed in the last yeah. few months. So I think that NFTs are for gamblers and egomaniacs, meaning someone will buy your NFT, hoping that they can flip it after they buy it, or they will show people on their phones, the NFTs they have as bragging rights,
1: but I don't think that
0: digital art is ever going to replace physical art on the wall, like the piece behind me. But what I do love is virtual reality. And I find the metaverse to be very interesting. Well, my version of the metaverse, which is virtual reality that I could create a gallery and put a Oculus on your face and you could walk through this unbelievable setting, but you have to be sitting down. Otherwise you're going to fall down. I think that virtual reality is here to stay. Yeah. Definitely. But NFTs, I've done them. I don't quite understand them unless you're a gambler or an egomaniac. That's just my vision. I Mm. wish that I had a lot more passion towards it. I've studied them a lot. I think it could be a fad, but what do I know? Yeah. I love virtual reality though. And I love Oculus. Oculus is apps. You put an Oculus on your face and you will change, it will instantly change your world if you just put that Oculus on your face. Oculus fascinates me.
1: And I think that's, you know, lends itself to you know, one of the examples you've given, like being able to create a virtual gallery for somebody to walk into and look at that and interact. I think there is no ceiling on that kind of stuff. That is- Yeah, I I have
0: a virtual gallery. You can see it on my website, daviddrevin.com called collector's edition but I also Ah, have an Oculus and it's very, it's just, it's unbelievable, but you know what? I gave my Oculus with my virtual reality gallery to one of my galleries, but the problem is that not a lot of people go to galleries. Right. It's mostly online, but I'm starting to work with a gallery in London called Clarendon Galleries and they have so many people who go in their galleries. So we're really excited about working with them. Clarendon Galleries in London, fantastic. You'll be coming over at some point then. Yeah, I want to do shows there for
1: sure. Amazing. And tell me, again, diversification. So it looked like quite early on in your career, you also brought out books. And I I think, is it seven now? Seven
0: books you brought out? I have nine books. Nine books. I have nine books, yeah. I work with a publisher called Tenoise. And I love making books because I love giving my books to collectors of the works as a gift. Mm. So often I see artists who come up with books and say, buy my book. Yeah. I could never imagine saying to someone, buy my book. I'd rather say to someone, here's my book as a gift. Yeah. Thank you for collecting my works. This is yeah, a like gift that. for you, not buy my book. Mm. It amazes me how people think sometimes. I just want to give to other people. Now, I prefer that, being able
1: to do that. Rather than, like you say, the amount of people I've had on here who kind of waving in the screen with a, with a buy my book, buy my book.
0: I, I would never think. say buy my book. I would say, let me send you a copy of my book as a gift. Please, thank you. Thank you. With a handwritten yeah. note also to thank them. That's nice. That means a lot to me.
1: Yeah, makes a difference. Yeah. Uh, tell me, there, David, where does your inspiration come from and how has that changed over the years?
0: I'm going to show you right now. Ready? Yeah. I just close my eyes and it all comes from within. I just don't think inspiration comes from the outside. I think inspiration comes from the inside. And I love to watch documentaries on incredible people and what they've accomplished and the obstacles that they've overcome. Mm. I love to read biographies about people's demons and their angels inside because we're all a combination of angels and demons and it's all about who you wanna cater to. Do you wanna cater to the angel inside or the demon inside? And it's up to you based on your habits. Habits are very very important part of all successful people from good habits to bad habits
1: yeah 100% 100% agree with you Uh, and interested to know as well you know talking about new technologies a minute ago how was the last couple of years for you Uh, because I was interviewing a guy who founded the affordable art fair which is now in you know, however many countries in the world, it just opened in Shanghai, I think opened a gallery there, and they were saying, you know, obviously all of the physical galleries shut down, but they opened online, and that's done incredibly well. Were you more or less creative yourself during that time? Because again, I was listening to different musicians saying that they were less creative. Others were going, "No, my creativity ran wild
0: during the pandemic." So, what what was yours like? My creativity doesn't waver. Doesn't it's always on. I don't Amazing. have blocks, so. The pandemic I spent in Miami and I was in the hospital, I was on oxygen and I almost died from COVID. I had it really, really bad. And that was probably the best experience I've ever had is to be able to overcome that. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you have a near death experience, it makes you really appreciate your life. Yeah. So for me, I think that social media is also a way to scale your brand. Instead of waiting for other people to promote you, you can promote yourself in a somewhat clever way if you know how to build an audience and provide value and entertain or educate people because people want to be entertained and they want to be educated they really do
1: you've only got to see that when in my industry in podcast when you you literally see like comedy is the number one niche out of like over a 100 niches and education i think is like number
0: three after sports or business something like that so for me everything is about being entertained or being educated yeah
1: and look, tell me some of the people that you've worked with as well over the years, some of the people that you've photographed as well. I mentioned it in, in the introduction. Steve Jobs, 50 Cent, Manny Pacquiao, Emily Blunt, et cetera. Who's been some of the favorite people you've worked with and who would you like to work with that you haven't worked with yet? Interesting question.
0: <laughs> Sometimes they say you don't want to meet your heroes because you could be so enamored by someone's image. And then when you meet them, they may not be what you thought they would be. And other times you may not be that enamored with someone and you were commissioned to photograph them, which I don't do commission work anymore, but I used to, and you yeah. can be pleasantly surprised. So it all comes down to expectations. I don't really have dream people who I'd love to photograph, but if I could photograph anybody just off the top of my mind right now. I mean, I love to photograph Diana Ross. I love to photograph Donald Trump. I think that would be really interesting if I could do whatever I want with him. would yeah. be like, wow. But I'm not really obsessed with celebrity. I like to make people, regular people, look like celebrities.
1: Mm, I
0: love that. I love that.
1: And what are you excited about? That's a great clip. Most? That's a
0: great clip, I think, for you to cut up and send it's me. A and great can work one. With, we can work with that one. That was a really good one. Uh, even even me saying that was a really good one as part of the clip. Like, the last yeah. 20 seconds or it's a really great clip. Cut. Very good.
1: <laughs> and look, still got, you know, recording this in July of 2022, we've still got half of this year left. What are you most excited about? What are you working on? You mentioned the galleries in London, for example. Is that happening this year? Is that something you're working on next year already, David? No, that's
0: happening right now. I basically, okay. I'm working on another book with my publisher, tonoise We're working on exhibitions all over the world, and I just want to spread the work to people all over the world and make art and promote art and promote just good vibes. Not in a hokey way, but sometimes people look at art and they can see themselves in a better way when they look at the art on the walls. And Mm. it's all about helping people dream of the possibilities for themselves because we're all dreamers and we all want to dream. And sometimes the dream is far more powerful than the reality because people are looking at the future sometimes or very often time more than the reality of the yeah. moment yeah yeah yeah. rather than enjoying what we have and being happy well, i'm living in the and... moment talking to you right now i'm not thinking about where i was yesterday what i'm doing in an hour i'm very present i think it's important for people to be really present and i hope that when it comes to people looking at my work they stop even for just a millisecond and they feel something that is the goal, whether it's the rest of this year, the rest of my life, even when I'm dead, is to make people feel something through art in the same way that a musician can die, but then make people still feel incredible when they listen to the music. I was listening mm. to George Michael earlier. I was like, wow, it's amazing. This guy can make me feel something. And yet I'm reading his biography right now and he's gone. he been gone for six years. That's incredible yeah. to me. Legacy. Legacy is about how you make people feel. So often people say, so what is your legacy? My legacy and your legacy and everyone's legacy should be, how did you make people feel? The end.
1: And I think I was gonna mention legacy and I I think given what you do, it doesn't have to be that, you alluded to it earlier, it could be through a guitar, it could be through a piano, it could be through taking pictures, it could be through painting pictures, whatever it is to have that ability to live beyond you here right now, as you mentioned, like, you know, George Michael and just seeing the Elvis movie, come out at the moment things like that to be able to feel emotion from something that was created so long ago is, is so so very powerful yes so look you're clearly doing that and you're going to continue to do that i'm just looking at your instagram now so for people to connect with you david drebin is where to find you on instagram and then david is your website which we'll put in all of the links here for this episode as well and we look forward to you coming to the uk so we would love to catch up thank you for your time much appreciated how That's did this make you feel, it. by the way? How
0: did this podcast make you feel?
1: Made me feel happy. Made me feel like passionate as well, like really positive. Like wanna actually wanna get out there and create stuff. I actually, yeah, feel like empowered. It's great, really
0: enjoy it. You got great energy, super positive. Thank you. It's all about the energy. You know, before we go, people need to realize that your energy introduces you before you say one word. People don't have to talk. It's all about the energy. Well said. David Devon. thank
1: you very much indeed. you found value in this free podcast all i ask is that you tell somebody else about it you don't have to leave a review or write a post on social tagging me in the screw it just do it hashtag but if you do i promise to give you a shout out on a future episode and you have my eternal thanks i'm at alex chisnell on linkedin twitter and facebook plus at alexander chisnell on instagram alongside the screw it just do it facebook page